0: Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony Dirso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony
1: D'Urso. Welcome, and thanks for joining in with us. You're listening to our routine millionaires and billionaires to soak in all that advice and wisdom that they share, and you're an entrepreneur at heart. You want to grow, and you want to do it as fast as possible. Now, you may have a garden or a yard, and you may dislike weeds, the topic of today's discussion. Stick with me. This is not about lawn care, but just stick with me, folks. I have a neighbor with a once-beautiful front lawn section of pure white rocks, and weeds got into it without invitation, by the way, and they took over. And there she is spending all afternoon pulling them out one by one. Now when done, the rock lawn looked fantastic. So they aren't grown on purpose and we have to get rid of them when we see them. Okay, you know that. That's the weeds talk. All right, now we're going to give that all a 180 degree twist. We're going to talk about how to grow like a weed with Stu Hynek. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get very successful at growing your business to a high, sustainable level. Well, meet Stu Hynek, Hall of Fame nominated marketer, best-selling author, and Wall Street Journal cartoonist. That's really important. I'm serious. That says it all. Let's get into it. Hi, Stu. Welcome to the Tony DiRso Show.
0: Tony, thank you so much for having me on. It's a, it's, a, it's an honor.
1: Stu, we're all looking forward to getting our business to grow like a weed. And I really appreciate you spending some time with us. The honor is mine. I just want to just jump right in. I can't wait. You've done so much. I'm a marketer. I've written books on marketer. Here you are, Hall of Fame. I just love it. (laughs) Hall of Fame nominated. And so um, the honor really is just all mine. So let me just kind of cut the chatter for a moment and just jump in. Stu, how did it all happen for you?
0: Well, I, I was driving down the Santa Monica freeway many years ago, and, you know, it's, it's back when, so many years ago, it's when traffic used to move really fast on those freeways. And so, uh, so, you know, here we were, we're going along, and there's six lanes of traffic coming this way and six lanes going the other way. So that's 12 lanes of traffic, lots of cars, roaring tires, and in the middle, there's a 40-foot-wide concrete median. It's all concrete. There's no... It's no place for a plant to take root, but of course we know there was there were weeds growing out of the cracks, and I happen to notice, and like that's it's something we we always see and it's such a an um a i I don't know, it's such a ubiquitous sight, but this time it really, it really just struck me because I thought, well, look at this one dandelion that's growing out of the crack. It looked happy. It looked like, you know, those happy yellow flowers and the the happy seed pods blowing those seeds around. And it's kind of bounced around in the smoggy turbulence. And uh, um, and it's like, you know, isn't that impressive because this thing just landed wherever it landed and it's making a living, it's running its process. And that's just really, really impressive. And you know, I I, I was imagining that, you know, I mean, obviously it didn't, it didn't get hung up on, let's say, I don't know, this sucks. Look where I landed. (laughs) I I saw myself as living at the beach. So, you know, instead it was just wherever it landed, it was going to make a go at it. It was going to be very, it was going to be fierce about it. It's going to run its process. And I just thought, you know, I hope that I hope that when, because I was kind of a young guy then, I hope I can do that in my business and in my career, because that's a big, that's a heck of a standard to live up to. But the thing that I drove away with is, I wonder if they have a a model, if if there's a sort of this unified model that all of the weeds follow, and... It, that is, of course, to grow and and um, to expand and and dominate their turf. All the things that they do, do they have a do they have a model? And it turns out they do, and that's what led to the book.
1: That's really interesting, and I've noticed that you're right. Here and there, we see beautiful flowers, and they're not just ugly weeds. Okay, we all know this weeds though we in our mind they're ugly they're not there's some beautiful flowers and some of them are rather medicinal which is another topic so here you are you notice that And, and then somewhere along the line you got this vision of hey i could be the weed master i'm kind of teasing a little i could do the weed thing and then you started talking about it writing books and and so on and so forth when did that vision kind of coalesce to just to just roll with that
0: well you know i i just so again that that one experience happened many years ago and i've just been wondering oh, Okay, i just op, just observing and you know we cartoonists we do a good job of observing and, and sort of you know distilling everything down to one one quick essence and and so that's what i've been doing i've just been watching and i've been noticing what weeds do um um how it applies to business and then i started interviewing you know this is what, it, what when i finally decided this is going to be a book started interviewing some really impressive people. I mean, some billionaires and some business personalities and a lot of experts in all kinds of field, all sorts of fields across business and, um, and, and actually gardeners and and weed scientists. I didn't know there was such a thing, but there is, but I wanted to, I just wanted to find out then, well, what's, and that's a wonderful part of this whole process of writing a book. When you start interviewing people, um, that's when perspectives really start to coalesce and, and broaden as well. And so, yeah, I just, I, I realized this is, re- we're really on track with this. Weeds really have this model that, that some of us already follow. And when someone's following the model completely at all levels, those are generally the people who are billionaires. It's really interesting. And when I, when I interviewed, for example, Kathy Ireland, one of the things she said was, I wanted to do this interview because I felt like a weed my whole life. I thought, Okay, that's that's pretty cool, and I don't know, T Boone Pickens was another one that I interviewed. Do you remember T Boone Pickens? I mean,
1: I remember the name. Yes, he's a legend. So,
0: in case anyone in the audience doesn't remember him or doesn't know his name, he was the original corporate raider, I believe he was the original one. But he was the one he was he was in the in the news all the time because he was constantly going after in takeover bids, hostile takeover bids. Um, I don't know, some of the biggest oil companies in the world, Philips66 is one of them, Unical is another. There were a bunch of them that that he would make these runs at. And um, and and he did so much of it, so much of what he did was very weed like. And in fact, I'm sure that the, the executives at either at any of these oil companies, when he came came calling, you know, by by buying up stock, they're probably just saying, geez, what a total weed this guy is. Because <laughs> he was, he was a total weed.
1: Absolutely amazing. All right. So you notice dandelions and weeds on the wall. And by the way, I've driven that Santa Monica freeway and all the freeways in Southern California for a great many years. And it's it's startling to see no rain. It's usually dry most of the time. And here are weeds growing out. Okay. So you observe wow. the weed. You got the vision that you can do something and you got this whole thing. So now the next question is, Stu, are you? Are you into this? Are you doing this because you want to be a billionaire? What's the reason behind you doing all this and 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 learning and studying and teaching about growing a business like a weed? Well, um, you know, when I write books,
0: I'm not sure I'm doing. I don't. I, I guess I, I that the purpose of writing the books comes becomes clearer and clearer. And so, um, I don't know that I'm writing the books to become wealthy per se, but but I will say that as I wrote the book and as I, um, you know, I, I run an agency, I run a, a marketing agency. So as I wrote the book and then went through the, the editing of it, um, I started realizing, Oh my God, I'm making a lot of mistakes here. <laughs> not in the book, but in my business at Part of the Weeds. And, and so there are a couple, actually what I should do is tell you what their model is because, um, because when you look at it you just say, that makes sense. And either you're doing it or you're not, if you're not, then, you, then you're then you hampered in your business. And some parts of it, if you're not doing it, then you don't have a business. So, so that model is, it's really simple. All of them, although they all come in all shapes and sizes and they're all over the world, all weeds do the same thing. They all leverage a fierce mindset. I have to come back to that. But a fierce mindset and unfair advantages against collective scale and then do it according to a process that is both ancient, and it's millions of years old, but able to respond to challenges very, very quickly. That's their secret. That's the whole model of how weeds grow like weeds. But if you think about it, one of those, I, I mentioned a, um, a fierce mindset, you could say a weed mindset. And by the way, I'm not talking about if, in case it wasn't obvious, <laughs> I'm not talking about these weeds, <laughs> you know, the ones you smoke, I'm talking about, as you said, the, the weeds that show up in those beautiful rock gardens uninvited everywhere. And, and so anyway, so they, they, they have this fierce mindset and then they, then they have, they, they cultivate force multipliers. I want to go there first, because when you think about, let's say a dandelion, because everyone has dandelions, everyone's familiar with dandelions. So they've got those seed pods that, that, you know, our kids love to blow because they're, because they work so well, actually, they, you know, they're, they're beautifully, well, let's say they're, geometrically, uh, geometrically arranged so that they have the greatest possibility of taking flight and going somewhere to put down roots. And then those seeds are meant to fly. And they, they are beautiful. Pardon me. They are beautiful little flying machines. They're, they're just capable of flying for easily miles. And so they go around and that's, that's their method of Probing every possible opportunity to take root, which is why they took root in the crack in the the concrete median in the freeway. But that's why they how they do it everywhere. We've we've seen it everywhere, and and they end up finding opportunities that other plants don't. I mean, it was, I think it's significant that there wasn't a an apple tree or a petunia growing out of the crack in the concrete because they don't have what it takes to be a weed, right? They don't they don't have those unfair advantages developed and there's some, some of these unfair advantages that weeds have, they're, they're just amazing. Usually it's, it has a lot to do with seeds and seed production and how often they seed or, or just this overwhelming amount of seeds or maybe seeds that fly all over. There's some seeds, some weed seeds that fly hundreds of miles. So it's no, it's no wonder that they spread and gain territory, which I guess would be analogous in business to gaining uh, market share and that they're just, they're just perfectly designed to grow.
1: We're talking about how to grow like a weed with Stu Heineck, and you can find him at com, and I'll spell that, S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E.com, and it's pronounced Stu Heineck. Did I get that right? You did. It's almost like Heineken beer. Yeah. Perfect. Very good. All right. Well, this is really interesting on the weeds. And and now I know that there's different scaling strategies that, that can help a business. So let's kind of go into those first and then we'll talk about maybe the weeds model. Sure. Well, you know, I, I think the um, I
0: went into the project, I went into the, the book uh, intending to write it for anyone in business. But I think the ones that might get the most from it. I might retract this. I don't know. I'm thinking out loud, but I'm thinking the ones that might get the most from it are small business owners, because they've got a lot, there's a lot of growth yet to go or startups. Although it's interesting how it applies to, to franchises. So let me explain that we are from birth. We are, we are um, trained uh, and and raised to become self-sufficient. It's just a highly prized attribute in our in our, our world, in our in our society, if you're not self-sufficient, you, you're not gonna go anywhere. And so the more self-sufficient you are, the more capable you are. And when you think about entrepreneurs, they are supremely capable people. They they deal with the risk, they come up with visions, they make these mission these visions happen, they they just kind of fight against the the impossible and win. So they're highly self-reliant people. The problem with that is that if you're too self-reliant, it can prevent you from scaling. Here's what I mean. When we're, when we, when we grow up, I think our, one of our first, first um, um, exposures to all of this is when we play musical chairs. So the first time, <clears throat> the first time you go through it and the music stops and you go, whoop, well, where's my chair? You realize, wait a minute. Okay. The next time the music stops, I'm watching all these chairs. I'm going to make sure I get one and you start being self-sufficient. And then we're taught to go to school, get good grades, go to, go to a good, university, get a great job, but you can't scale jobs. You can't have a thousand jobs. And an entrepreneur entrepreneur's job is to, that's probably anyway, um, the, the entrepreneur's uh, function is to scale whatever it is they're, they're building. So, um, so we, we're, we're just naturally drawn to and 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 think in terms of one-to-one leverage and whenever we do that, we're preventing our business from from scaling. So, for example, so I'm, I'm talking now about the small businesses. So, if you are part of the <clears> the <throat> part of the the deliverables that your company op- 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 offers, sorry, <laughs> but if you're part of the deliverable stream of whatever it is that your company delivers to to clients and. and uh, customers, then you are the bottleneck. You shouldn't be there. You should be building a team or you should be outsourcing, but you should not be in the middle of that. And and if you are, the more, actually just the more you recognize that you're working at one-to-one leverage, the more you, you find that there are ways that you should be pulling yourself out, building a team around you, building scale around you, um, and, and, and then building the scale of the business that way. So, so, um, one of the things I think weeds, tell us to do immediately. And this is one of the things that I, well, I'm, I'm definitely stuck in one-to-one leverage. That's one of the things that, that I pulled from the book really quickly as I was, as I was writing, it was, oh my God, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm willing to teach myself anything. I, I feel like I can do many things better than most, most like anybody else I can hire. And that's, that's deadly to an entrepreneur. You can't do that. Um, but one of the things that that then came out of the book to me, one of the big takeaways was you need to you need to form as many alliances also. So I mentioned building a team, but also so that would be employees and, and maybe vendors or um, other supporters. But you also need to build a a, a, um, a a network of alliances. And I don't mean just like people, you know, but I'm saying people that you collaborate with you you really should be looking for the smartest people you know and collaborate with them as fast as you can and and that was one of the big takeaways i'm doing that in my business i'm changing the fact that i that there was one-to-one leverage and and it's growing as a result it's it's amazing what's happening just to watch that happen so yeah the, the weeds if you watch weeds if you watch what they do i think that's one of the one of the big um Takeaways also from the book is watch what weeds are doing because they show us how to how to scale and they do it beautifully.
1: Now weeds have uh, some strategies that you've determined from them, and you actually have a weeds model of scaling, and you have some strategies on that. So let's go into some of what those are and see how that can stimulate our own growth. Yeah,
0: well, so there is the weeds model, which is an acronym. Weeds spells out spells out. Um, or is 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 um, stands in for weed inspired enterprise expansion and domination strategies. So here's the thing in the weeds model, I remember I mentioned that that weeds never well, they never do anything without an unfair advantage essentially. other plants don't don't seem to care so much about that, but weeds never do anything without an unfair advantage. So the weeds model is eight levels of strategy to help you create and and, um, and accentuate your own unfair advantages. Does that make sense?
1: It does, you know. And I think about on my property, I've got some giant redwood trees and I have these blueberry bushes. Now, everyone's thinking about oh, blueberry bushes. They're wonderful. For the blueberries. Uh, excuse me. I said blueberries. I say that all the time. They're blackberries and they have these oh. giant thorns. But because they're a weed, they grow and they will grow around the redwood tree and the pines and anything, and just strangle them. And they'll, they'll, they'll take over unless you cut them back. And it's just amazing when you talk about an unfair strategy. My, my redwood trees, they don't bother the, 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 the blueberries. The, the, I say that all the time, the blackberries. <laughs> but the blackberries, they're out there with the unfair advantage. And they're just trying to take over everything. It's the weeds mindset.
0: Yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting too. Um venture capital g- groups are fond of of um, naming themselves after trees. So, you know, one of the big ones is Sequoia Capital. When you look at a Sequoia tree, and actually, when you look at well, when you look at the tree, they're, they're amazing. They're, they're, they are a, a miracle. <laughs>
1: Um, sequoias but, are, I believe, the widest or some of the biggest trees in the world. They are, yeah. They're, they're the biggest trees. Like 300 feet or so, as well as redwoods. Redwoods are the tallest trees in the world. So it's really yeah. interesting that a, a capital investment firm will take the name of a tree. That it, 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 It's it got a lot of significance to it.
0: Yeah. But what I was going to say, though, is if you look at the distribution map of, let's say, sequoias or even redwoods um, versus the, the distribution map of, let's say, dandelions, you can see which one has the better model for spread (laughs) because, you know, sequoias only, I think they only exist just outside of Fresno in in, um, Yosemite. And And
1: that's it. And
0: so they're the biggest trees in the world and they don't spread at all. They're not good at spreading at all. That's kind of interesting to me that they would choose those. Um, And redwoods, I think are, they're not quite as limited, but they're, I, I believe they're probably just California coastal
1: they are. It's really interesting. If you drive from California to Oregon, just boom, as if there's some barrier there. The redwoods stop, and the pines take over.
0: Yeah. Yep. They, they don't like have California. an. They, they they're great trees. They're beautiful trees, but they don't have a great spread um, uh, <laughs> strategy, and and that leaves them without an unfair advantage. At least in that regard.
1: Yeah. Well, I think as if we're going to compare trees, they have their places where the climate is good and they thrive in that particular type of a climate, as opposed to weeds, which seem to be ubiquitous. You see them in the desert, you see them in the rainforest, you see them everywhere. And they seem to be the same type of weed, though I am not a weed specialist. I'm, if you're a weed specialist, just you know, let <laughs> us know more about weeds. But it, it seems that the trees are more region a regional and, and just have their area where they like to grow. And they like to grow in, in clusters. You know, if you have, for example, one of these sequoias or redwoods or pines growing by themselves, the odds are, well, they may get uh, blown down by a wind. But when there's a group of them, they, they're they impervious to the wind. So it's really interesting in terms of the cluster model for trees. But But weeds, they have a different mindset. They work on something totally different yeah they do
0: they're they're out to gain territory <laughs> and they'll, they'll do it fiercely um and and when you think about those clusters of of um, of sequoia trees, maybe it's because all they do is drop the cones <laughs> at their at their roots <laughs> that's it they're not going to spread they're just sort of custom made for not spreading at all
1: yep I think so because that's how they grow and then they grow very thick. Now you have eight strategies, I believe, from looking through your book on this, on the weeds model. Let's, let's see if we can get into that and stimulate some of our own ideas and growth uh, for our business.
0: Yeah, well, there, there are eight levels. So seed strategy, which is, seeds are analogous to anything that causes people to become aware of us and form the intent to transact with us. Um, So marketing and and, uh, public relations, and uh, um, uh, it could be any, actually, many things actually a a great design Ferrari does this really well great design causes people to just go wow look at that and it spreads and um, so but anything that causes people to come become aware of us and form the intent to transact with us in some way they could become a client they could be a, a follower on social media whatever it is they they want to they want to do something with us seed pod strategy is the next level down and seed pods are well seed pods are multipliers of seeds so if you think about the the seed pod of a dandelion it holds the seeds way up in the air because they grow pretty tall and then it spreads them out in that beautiful geodesic dome ball um, which really just maximizes the surface area that is exposed of the seeds to the wind and and so so that's analogous to really borrowing the infrastructure of not sorry not the infrastructure but the the reach of others so in a sense, sorry to say it's because I'm on your show, this is kind of a seed pod strategy for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, because, because I'm reaching your audience and that's, that's, that's what we need to do. It's part of what we need to do. So the next one down is thorn strategy. And so those, th- we know what thorns are We you just talked about them with blackberries, thorns, uh, are area denial or like access denial, um, strategies. They, they keep in- intruders out and, you know, we know what it feels like you get pricked once by a, by one of those thorns, you're not coming back. you have got to avoid it, and so these are these are um, strategies that that help you repel um, just you know people who are going to who might challenge you in your marketplace. So certainly that that's all of your IP that that would be um, registered legally, so it could be trademarks and patents, and um, uh, but then beyond that, I, I think it's also just sort of the reputation of being a fierce competitor. I mean, if are some competitors, you just don't want to mess with Um, kind of, if we relate it to the news today, um, China is our competitor and, and they're being quite thorny, aren't they? (laughs) And so, you know, it it does cause people to, to, to think twice, it causes the people who might challenge you to think twice. It's, It's a kind of an intimidation factor. So that's thorn strategies. We have to have those. We have to protect our, our IP or, Nothing, nothing sticks to our businesses, and the next one in the in the model is segmentation. So if you ever grab a weed in your your garden and you're trying to just get rid of it, so you grab it, just get a handful of it, and yank, and what you get is just a handful of what you had in your hand, but nothing else. Like the rest of the weeds is still left there. Well, that's usually because they're 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 built in segments, and these are they're sort of a a joint that so a, a plug and a and, a, and a, a, a joint around it, so when when you pull on it, when it's when it's pulled on, just that pops out. But it doesn't pull pull out the whole It Doesn't remove the weed by the roots, and and that's a survival. Well, it's a survival strategy, but really, it's a survival. I mean, a, a strategy of of um, limiting risk and damage, and risk of, of of loss based on on disruption. You know, weeds are one of nature's great disruptive forces, but they're also built to be disrupted. They understand that they'll be disrupted as well. And those that's what those strategies are about, is minimizing the effect of those of those um, disruptions and really just thriving. Actually, they can thrive as a result of those disruptions. So segmentation strategy is, is, is looking at how we can do the same thing. And if I might expound on that a little bit, here we are heading into a recession. Now, some might say, <laughs> and, no, two, two quarters of negative growth isn't a recession this time, but whatever, <laughs> it's a recession. And if we have three or four, then, you know, it's a recession. So, you know, one of the things that we've lived for is they, they're always looking for disrupted ground. That's where they thrive. So uh, another another name for disrupted ground might be yards, <laughs> or 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 farmland and whenever they find that that's just virgin territory to them to to spread and grow and establish themselves and then defend their turf so all of that that's just about disruption it's really an interesting topic because weeds are disruptors they are also they're just absolutely ready to adapt to any disruption that they encounter, and then there are others there's there's rosette strategy and vine strategy and root strategy and and soil strategy meant to help you cultivate more unfair advantages and to to form uh, um, partnerships and alliances that's the fastest way we're going to grow and and then root strategy is is cultivating the whole life force and value of the business in ways that that really sort of curating, sort of like like the way art is curated in in a gallery, but to maximize that value and protect the value, and and soil strategy is about about um, fostering the best possible conditions for growth.
1: You know what? Some of this uh, is making me think as you're going through this too. I'm thinking of if I take my business and this, you know physically, though you can figure out how to do it on online. If I took my business and just set up shop somewhere where I'm not supposed to set up shop, where there's competition or something else, and just kind of muscle my way in a little bit and create a little bit, uh, maybe even a little thorns, maybe not necessarily pain, not create problems, but just kind of push out on my borders. I can just kind of muscle my way into some business and start taking a market share where where you already think that there's no room. It's like that. It's like that dandelion that comes out of that a uh, 20 30 foot high wall on the Santa Monica freeway or whatever just kind of muscles it, its way in and there it is to stay and it's very tenacious you pull on it you're not getting much as you say because it's so deeply rooted and entrenched and as you're going through this I'm thinking about you know when you go into an area to really cement yourself in for for lack of a better word really get yourself entrenched in an area because you may think there's no competition, but if you if you push your way in, you'll kind of push out the competition a little bit and grab some market share, not quite by force, though it seems like by force. That's kind of like what I'm getting while while I'm thinking about all this from uh uh the weed mindset.
0: Yeah, well it's interesting because um yeah, if you watch weeds, and again, I just I, I hope that is a result of of reading how to grow your business like a weed that people will say, I've just got to watch what the weeds are doing in my yard before I pull them. You can still pull them. They're they're weeds, but watch what they're doing. And, and they do fight for, for, for turf. They're constantly doing it. Every yard in, in the world is seeing the same thing. So you can watch what they're doing and get at least gain some, some, uh, some inspiration from them. And to, to just, you know, drive strength from them because they're really, they are such fierce competitors, but here's another really interesting thing. Um, They're also, I think that also points to forming uh, alliances because we can form alliances with, with people we compete with. And I would say authors do it all the time. We do it all the time. We're always helping each other. So, um, so you can also form alliances with, with people that I guess you could say are competitors, but they might have, I don't know, they might have clients that that need something that you do that's different from what your competitor does, Um, whatever they're really they also are natural collaborators weeds are. And that's why I I say that because if you notice a dandelion in your lawn, you might say, well, okay, there's a deadline, I'll pull it up. Uh, and if it was just one, <laughs> it wouldn't be much of a factor. But look up and you'll see it's hundreds out there. If if you see one, you're really, you're just seeing one of an army. <laughs> and, and so weeds are telling us in no uncertain terms, you've got to find ways to collaborate with the smartest people you know. So those might be, some of those might be your competitors.
1: I like that. And it kind of reminds me of the adage, you know, there's a strength in numbers because we'd start growing more and more. First, there's one, then another, then another. Next thing you know, unless you pull them, they take over and they strangle everything else. So very interesting, Though we don't necessarily want you to strangle others, but it is a very interesting (laughs) mindset. And part of that also, actually the mindset part, you have a number of mindsets that you feel that the entrepreneur Really needs to have in place, so i 'd love to go over some of those mindsets
0: yeah, yeah yeah i 'm glad you asked because i didn 't want to leave it hanging as um, this is not the we this is not the weed mindset we 're talking about it's sitting around smoking some tubes <laughs> that 's not it so yeah, so when you when you think about what weeds do, if you watch what they do, if you i don 't know if you pull them up, for example you 'll see how quickly or cut them down, cut them back you 'll see how quickly they grow back they 're very persistent. They're also, um, I would say, aggressive and urgent, and and certainly resilient. And I would even say optimistic, which is a weird thing to be ascribing to a weed. <laughs> I mean, weeds don't have minds. they do not. Well, I should say they don't have brains. So how on earth could something be optimistic? But if you watch the way that they attack their their. Um, job. and I mean, they, that strat or sorry, that, that process of theirs is just, it's just programmed into their DNA and they just run it. Well, sort of, so They run it like a computer does. They don't, they don't let their emotions get in the way. They don't have emotions. So they're not in their way. We have emotions and they're in, in our way constantly, but they just focus on what is and they deal with it right away. So if you've cut them back, boom, they're right back to rebuilding. And, and so, so that I, I if we, define optimism as let's say the the lack of of um depression because depression causes us to not do the things we need to do to to recover from something let's say recover from a loss or to to get something done they are the opposite of being depressed they are so gung ho they're, they're really i would call them optimists
1: Well, another thing, just a little slightly silly and humorous in California, the weeds have a very strong lobby community, very strong, so strong that there is a very highly effective weed killer. I won't mention the name where you could just cut the weed and then uh, take some of this um, and just uh, put it on the, the, the stump, the little stump, and that weed will never grow. Well, that product is so effective it's it's not able to be bought in California it's against the law to buy it in California you can buy it anywhere in the world you could have it shipped any, anywhere in the world except California so 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 weeds are very strong here in California they've got a very strong lobby I don't know how they did it but they but they pulled it off and that just shows you that even though it's something you don't like it could be so strong that it it it's impervious to regular um Regular laws, rules, protocols, or whatever, because they have a strong lobby.
0: Yeah, you know, I'll tell. Well, I'll mention it. I'll mention at least the the, the active ingredient. It's life. It's glyphosate, um, and it's in Roundup. <laughs> I'll mention it because.
1: Well, actually, since you mentioned that Roundup is allowed. They've got. Oh, a okay, so it's another one. They've, they've got a monopoly, but they're not as good as something else, which is not allowed. Actually, not oh. allowed in California.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to ask you after the show what it is, but I have a really cool story about glyphosate and 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 Roundup because um, it's also that's just deadly stuff, and and you know I was mentioning that that weeds you know they run a process that's millions of years old, but it's also able to adapt immediately um, or, or relatively speaking. And so there's one weed that has been showing up in in um, farmland across no- North America. <clears throat> it's called the Oddly enough, it's called water hemp, <laughs> and so. But again, it's not the one you smoke. It's just water hemp. It's just this weed that grows very quickly. It's an annual, and it's really think about what this is. This is a, a and just such a radical approach to to strategy and to um to really to evolution because the entire population dies every year. So it, it's longevity, it's its continuity is through its seeds, and these seeds are, um, they some of them have these useful mutations, and so water hemp, in fact, produces. Well, let's say, dandelions. We know how. I mean, once you have dandelions in your in your lawn, you're not going to get rid of them. And every one of those plants produces an average of about fifteen thousand seeds over a five to ten year lifespan. Well, water hemp, by comparison produces up to 4.8 million seeds per plant. And these plants die off every year. So it's every year. Every one of those plants is producing up to 4.8 million seeds. You're never getting rid of that plant. But here are farmers and they're using um they're using herbicides and and they're pretty effective. But water hemp, because it produced so many seeds and, and these seeds have these useful uh constantly have these useful mutations, you could call it r and d actually or certainly evolution because those those then take over and the the mutations in the seeds that were that were immune to roundup that were immune to the glyphosate those are the ones that then propagated so in four years, that plant showed up and then it was hit with with all of these herbicides and it became immune to roundup and seventy percent of all the other herbicides available to to farmers. To kill weeds. <laughs> that's incredible. That's, I mean, to, uh, that's the equivalent of, 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 um, well, I mean, that is their evolution. That's sort of the equivalent of our, let's say our technology. That's, I think that's how we evolve more quickly than, than we actually evolve as, as animals, but we certainly evolve through our technology and that's, it's technology and it's, that's just fearsome. I mean, that's incredible.
1: That is, I'm really thinking with that to be, because the product that we named, which I cannot name on air, is so highly toxic and poisonous to the environment we won't use it we'll go we'll get we'll go down you know one by one and pull these things out by the roots if we have to but we cannot use a product like that it's just really too hazardous to the soil so that's right now what we have to do but it just shows you back to back to the weeds when they can produce so many seeds it's like saying heck Come and get me who cares because it can still grow. And if we could get that mindset in our business, that no matter what, you know, maybe it's have multiple, uh, multiple, um, set of systems or platforms, um, to, to get our prospects and to deliver our prospects so that if something happens or goes down, it doesn't take us out of business. I think that's where we should all look for as an entrepreneur so that we don't have, uh, even though it takes time to invest our business and grow our business. Right. And we usually build a system or a platform or whatever to grow the business. But once we do that, we have to look at multiplying it mirroring it having more because if something happens to that one particular system we're out of business i've i've had that happen too many times yet it takes time to build one so you have to build one but then it's a matter of find another way to build another system that's impervious to what's going on
0: yeah and i think what you're talking about is at least in in regard to the to the weeds model and and the weeds uh yeah just their model is um is the unfair advantages that we cultivate in our business. If we don't have unfair advantages, there's no reason for us to be in business, you know, because we're not going to be in business very long, because there are other businesses that do have unfair advantages. And maybe I should give an example. Because it sort of comes from the book. Um, you know, I want to sell a lot of books, obviously. And I do the, I'm, I'm going to build a franchise on the back end of the book. And so there's a bunch that I want to do with this book. Um, but i you know i need to spread a lot of seeds and um and i need to do this I, I, and i and i want to create alliances so here's a great example of that in the book in and how to grow your business like a weed one of the things that i mentioned was that i i would be starting a new annual award called the total weed award and that would be
1: to and i can't wait to it <laughs> Well, it would be to well, to recognize you have to, you have to excuse me Stu. i don't know that i want to be called a weed no no i'm i'm i think we'll you make will it's a good when thing I,
0: when I finish because um, because this is to recognize weed like spread and and growth. I mean that's incredible, and I'm, it'll be awarded to to VCs and then entrepreneurs and um, and startups, and, um, and and you know they'll be the best of the best. So I th- I can't wait to call these people total weeds actually. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the wonderful thing about it. Um, I was lucky enough to have um, Nicola and the, the executive director of the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center, to write the foreword to, to the book, to, to "How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed." And um, you know, I, I went, I approached Nicola, and I said, "You know, I have this award that I need to start. I need to start building out. Would you be interested in teaming up with me? Because actually, wouldn't it be wonderful if we were able to sell sponsorships?" In this, and all of the sponsorship money goes to the center, to the, to the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. So it becomes a becomes a a, a fundraising event for um, or, or device for the center. She loves the idea, so we're going to team up, and so the to- <clears throat> the Total Lead Award will be will be done in in in, um, in collaboration with the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial center which is pretty crazy and it really gives certainly gives the the award and and by extension the book because you have to know about the book to, to understand what the award is about but it gives all of that a great great boost as well and and so those are the kinds of alliances that we want to do and that's that's also these are they're, they're intermingled so this is also an unfair advantage who's going to match that how do you match that? <laughs>
1: I really like that. You're not just selling your business or selling the service, but through alliances, you're growing. And like a weed, you're creating unfair advantages, whether it's the seed strategy or the thorn strategy or whatever the different strategies are it's you you're growing your business so that no matter what happens whether whether a pro, something comes to hurt you in one area you're still growing in the other area so i really like that a lot i think that's brilliant and yeah it's not done enough at all
0: it's not and uh, and i think I, I you know and i'm also saying though that i'm collaborative i'm not just i'm not taking just taking something from the center we're we're in an alliance and <clears throat> and as a result i'm giving something i mean that's going to be a, a fundraiser for them so I'm bringing value to them as well, which is what uh, what alliances should do. So the fact that we're that we're growing together, we we end up creating growth for each other. Is, is the point, and and that's a wonderful way to be. And I, you know, I, I I'm just in the process again. You know, I was writing the I re- wrote the book, went through it read through it and said, Oh my God, all these mistakes I'm making in my business. So, so one of the things I'm also doing is I'm, I'm reaching out to all of the, the sales, the top sales thought leaders. Now I've known them for years because I wrote another book, um, how, how to get a business, sorry, how to, how to get a meeting with anyone. And so I've, I've known a lot of the top sales thought leaders now for years, but I haven't reached out to them to say, you know, Hey, look, um, we should be, we should be collaborating here and and one of the ways we could do that is we could use my my contact device, my contact campaign system to help some of your sales, um, some of your sales clients, to break through to their top accounts. Well, you know, I don't know why I didn't do this before, but I'm sending a I'm sending a, one of those contact devices from the system. It's it's a big cartoon piece, um, a personalized cartoon piece that. That gets people to call you back, and um, so I've sent it out now to all of the thought leaders. I'm saying let's collaborate, and I'm just I just I'm kicking myself. Why didn't I do this before? Because I am the weed guy. I'm 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 going to stand up for a second. Um, I'm the (laughs) chief weed officer. (laughs) I Have it on my T-shirt if you're listening. (laughs) But but I mean I'm the weed guy, and I'm I'm not sending it. I mean I should be setting up these alliances everywhere, and that's what I'm doing, and that's what it takes to grow like a weed.
1: And I'm going to help you on some of those. We're going to talk about that off here. And once again, we talked about how to grow like a weed with Stu Hynek. And you can find him at StuHynek.com. Again, S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E.com. Stu, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us today. You've stimulated a lot and there's so much more to think about. Guys, get the book, check it out. uh, How to Grow Like a Weed. Stu, thank you so much for all this.
0: Tony, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. We discussed how to grow like a weed with Stu Hynek. We talked about some really interesting things here, comparing and contrasting weeds with growing a business. We talked about, well, the different scaling strategies that can help your business grow We talked about the weeds model of scaling, and there's eight strategies in that. We talked about the mindsets for an entrepreneur to to really get out there. And there's six different mindsets. We talked about a number of them. We talked about how to overcome adversity and challenges and so many other points. I like to ask you, what did we discuss that resonated with you? What's your weeds story? Tell us. And please remember supporting the show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts as well as comments on the video platforms should you run into those. And most important, share this with a few friends. It's all about friends helping friends and they're going to appreciate that you shared the show. All right, let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks and remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds and join me on the next episode of